welcome to the Low Carbon Business Podcast, the home of future thinking enterprise. For the innovators, the dreamers, the grafters, the progressive entrepreneurs, business is changing. It's taking more responsibility for its impact on the environment. With smaller firms being a creative wellspring for this shift, more and more SMEs are showing that being green is good for business, as well as doing good for the planet. We discuss global challenges from a local perspective, explore green technologies, new business models and sustainable supply chains. Tune in for useful tips, insight and information about how to improve your bottom line whilst making a positive impact on the planet. Let's jump in. With 68% of employees more willing to accept job offers from environmentally sustainable companies, reducing the carbon footprint of your business is a no-brainer. Not only does going green give your team a clearer conscience, but it can offer tangible benefits such as a reduction in noise and cleaner air. Happier staff make for a healthier work culture. In this roundtable episode, our guests are Phil Mason from Tidyco, Sarah Ball from Balls to Marketing, Liz Pasture from Derby City Council, Ian Bates from East Midlands Chamber, and Bruno Galotta from the University of Derby, led by Fred Patterson from the University of Derby. I'm wondering whether we've got examples of um, how companies beyond savings um, they've made, cost savings that they've, they've made, carbon emission savings, whether there are many companies companies that are aware of the benefits to air quality within buildings, to the benefits to of staff uh, shifting from commuting to, um, to to walking and cycling to work, uh, those kind of those less um, tangible benefits to decarbonisation that we can see. Um, I mean, perhaps come back by Ian first. Yeah, it's certainly a conversation we, we have. You know, um, staff are, are, are the biggest resource for a lot of businesses. Um, you know, looking after them, uh, engaging with them, making them feel welcome and fit and healthy. You know, uh, as I said, recruitment is an issue, so retention is is key as well. So those strategies about health and well-being. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus on, on mental health at the, at the current times, particularly what's happened over the pandemic. But uh, yeah, I think there could be more of a focus on, on more of the, the, you know, sustainable travel and getting people, you know, sort of walking to work and cycling to work. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to get people out of cars. Um, and I think probably it's difficult probably to quantify the gains from, from doing that in a health and well-being. I'm sure that they are there, but it's probably not as easy to measure than putting LED lighting and, and quite clearly seeing the return for, for doing that. Um, I think businesses are uh, more cognizant of, of how they, they are perceived, um, you know, and how they treat their employees, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's, you know, a lot more work to be done there. I, I don't know whether if you are starting the journey to, to reduce your carbon emissions, that would probably be the starting point. I think there's, there's probably lower hanging fruit that can bring you better returns that get engagement and then bring that in at a later date. Yeah, it's, it's really important to measure what we value and not just value what we measure, which has been traditionally um, financial in the past. Liz, same question. Yeah, I mean, in terms of benefits to employees, through a lot of our, our grant support, we've seen loads of different things. I mean, 
LED lighting, for example, there's often better, the, the light is actually better for the people, work, well, it's almost always better for the, for the people working in those environments. Uh, so, so that makes that better. In terms of air quality, which Fred mentions, we've given grants to a couple of businesses for electric forklifts, which means that they don't have any exhaust fumes within their, within their warehouse, you know, warehouses. So that improves, improves air quality. Uh, we've had, we've given grants for compressor systems and businesses with uh, one, one business in particular, they had a really noisy compressor and they replaced it with a new compressor. It was much quieter. So that was much better for everybody working in that building. Uh, so, uh, and yeah, other equipment that we've replaced. We, it will help sometimes to replace equipment with lower energy use equipment, but often that will be more reliable. So that has another benefit for the, for the people working there. Also, in terms of heating and insulation, that improves comfort for the people working, working in the building. If you insulate a building, then it doesn't heat, it doesn't um, heat up so much in the summer or cool down so much in the winter. And it's just generally more comfortable. So those things are all really benefiting employees. Uh, and Ian also mentioned the, the transport, where businesses have, have installed EV chargers. Some of them have got electric vehicles as part of their business fleet as well. So that, that's a benefit for, for employees. Most people like driving them, so... Um, yeah, that, there, are lo there are lots of benefits, and and, and again, that has a, it has a knock-on effect that the, those employees see those things, and then they might sort of expand and and take some of those actions at home as well, or or tell their partner who's at a different business, and or tell another business. So um, yeah, it, it's there's there's lots of win-wins on this. On the general point of benefits to employees, uh, but also on the specific point around um, low emission vehicles, we, we know uh, for SMEs only about 9% of them are considering shifting to, a, to low uh, emission vehicles by 2030, presumably because of the investment issues in that. Um, for your business, Sarah, how are your employees benefiting around your kind of initiatives and what's your view about the shift to low emission vehicles let's take that in two parts so the low emission vehicles i think is very important i think that there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are very nervous about moving to electric vehicles because of the range anxiety um, however, if you buy the right vehicle, you really don't have to have range anxiety. Um, I think Andy's, Andy's has got sort of 287 miles as his range, and it's very unusual that we would be doing that without staying overnight, or if we do have to do that, there are plenty of places where you can top up your battery quickly. Not necessarily cheaply, but you can do it quickly. And for mine, I'm 310, so, uh, you know, in a very, there's no, there's no issue with that. And I think that the way that the guys in the office have seen that is that as they're looking, they're, they're 
less worried about making those changes because they've seen that that and from a personal perspective both my daughter and son-in-law have both got electric cars on order I mean it's very very difficult to actually physically buy an electric car at the moment I think uh, my son-in-law's car is going to be coming next April (laughs) so yeah and it's been on order for a while (laughs) so um but yes you do you make these you make these changes and you hope that it has the ripple effect and my uh, another one of my daughters who is an electrician she questioned why they they've just changed their fleet and why they didn't change it to electric so that was a question that she asked i mean she only asked me she didn't ask the company but that's okay you know at least she's she's in a situation where she's thinking about it um and I do think that it's good for people to cycle to work. I was very impressed with you, Liz, coming in on the train and then cycling the end bit. And I think that, that's brilliant because I think it shows that you don't have to have a linear journey. You don't have to be able to get from door to door with one method of transport. You can choose different things. And we've got a couple of guys who walk into work. We moved specifically into the centre of Derby so that people could be less reliant on their cars. It doesn't mean they are. It just means they can be. Um, And we have quite a young team and they are very much into their cars. And I can't change that. Those things will change, though, over a period of time as as things, as fuel goes up, as, as cars adapt and and change but I think one of the things that really came out of the pandemic from a point of view of um, health and well-being was this idea that we shouldn't necessarily have offices where people come in on a regular basis and I believe the opposite I believe that people should have a good quality well-lit well ventilated well insulated office to come into because i think that the the way that humans react to each other and if we want to create groundswell of opinion you have to engage with people and the only way you can engage with people is to be with them this podcast is being done in a room with eight people in it yeah we're all here we're not doing it from our bedrooms (laughs) or our dining spaces we physically come into this space to have this conversation and what it means is that we can make eye contact with each other we can influence each other in a different way because we see the passion and you can't do that if you've got a team of people sat in individual places so I would I question some of the AI stuff from that point of view I do get it you know from there are certain jobs that can be done like that but when you're trying to influence somebody really you do need to be you need to see the whites of their eyes as they say and there's something though about reconfiguring the normal patterns of that in the sense that in order to be face to face that group of people don't need to be in an office building from nine to five for five days a week. And there are creative ways that people can engage with one another that mean that they can be remote sometimes and together on other occasions. Yes. 
Um, okay, uh, over to Phil. In, sorry, uh, come back. Um, let's finish on Sarah. So the, the benefits to employees. So of, of perhaps the most surprising or uh, the, 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 the biggest benefits that you've seen for employees based on new measures that you've brought in, what would that be? I think people really enjoy the fact that we've got excellent light. And I think light is one of those things. We're all screen-based. So having a light that doesn't reflect off your screen, having, uh, you know, fewer headaches, all of those things. Um, And we've also got a lot of standing desks in our office. Um, So that means that we can set screens at exactly the right height for people um, and the light helps with that massively because you're not trying to dodge a beam or something so having that beautiful ambient light makes a massive difference brilliant really practical oh and the coffee machine (laughs) (laughs) always the coffee machine over to Phil, it's that same question around, first of all, benefits to employees beyond the, the kind of the cost saving, emission savings, and that particular question around electric vehicles. I mean, as far as, far as electric vehicles, Tideco, I think, um, I think I had the first hybrid vehicle in 2018. From 2018 to 22, every single vehicle we have now is full electric or hybrid. But the other bit, which was doing the right thing for the right reasons, which we didn't know at the time, was we now install electric car charging points for other businesses. So now that is part of our business. So we, we believe in it. Yeah, you're right about the, 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 the vehicles and the ranges. We, we're still hybrid. We have two full electric vehicles. Uh, I've got one on order and we've already got one in the fleet. But we are battling with this with vans. You know, I've got a, I've got a, a diesel, a, a diesel vans all over our fleets. We've got one electric van which we've got on hire at the moment on a, a Nottingham City Council project. The range is hopeless. You know, I, you know, it's all right if you're stopping overnight somewhere, but the range is 140 miles. So if I've got a site somewhere, unless I can plug it in, our sites are quite remote sometimes you're stuffed you can't do it so they, they, they do they do need to move that on a little bit because we've got 15 diesel vans going around the cars as sarah said yes 280 300 miles that's fine but 140 not really doesn't work very well if you're on a remote site in that our employees have been offered the opportunity to plug in their own vehicles at no charge that's obviously an incentive for them because you know I've only got one doing it at the moment, but I think things will change. It takes time. Uh, encouraging people to cycle to work and use public transport. I'll be honest, I'm not going to start slagging off the Derby City Council, but it, it's difficult in Derby. I don't know if you've ever ridden through Derby City Centre, but you know I've seen cyclists down near where we work. You know Pentagon Island, you can probably get around on the bike thing, but get down Friargate. And it's risky and we have to make this an attractive proposition because you're not only saying when you get up in the morning, you've got to get up an hour earlier or whatever it is, you've then got to dice with death to get through the city centre. So I think we all have to work together to try and make it a a safer option. You know, Stafford Street, highest pollution in Derby city centre, I believe, and the Pentagon Island, I think we come third. 
So I'm saying to people, get on your bike and 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 breathe in some of that. And if you're lucky, you probably just mm. get knocked off as well. So it's. I, I'd just like to interject here. I totally agree with you that there's not, you know, the provisions not great and the pollution's not great. But often cycling is quicker than driving, which is why I do it. I I agree, but I think I might survive. <laughs> It, 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 it is dangerous though isn't it you, you must admit if you dra- if you ride your bike down Friargate and it goes bottlenecks into that lane mm. I drive that with yeah, my no, hybrid car I know what car. you mean I know what you, you get mean. around that corner and I'm telling you now cyclists are now jumping on the pavement and it is dangerous and that's with the main access into Derby mm. so I think what we have to do as a council and it's innovation again isn't it yeah. it's thinking about the balance of how do we really get bikes into Derby City Centre? How do we make park and ride work better so people can park outside and get buses in? It's going to take a lot of people and a lot of money and a lot of thought to change. You know, like if you go to somewhere like the Netherlands, they do it so well. When I went to the Netherlands, you're not expected to even drive into the city centre. You're expected to park for free in the big car park to get on the electric tram driverless tram to take you into the centre and it's the norm isn't it and they don't expect anything different and I think again Derby somehow needs to get the money and the, and the grants or whatever and you know challenge MPs and governments and fight with the same tenacity that, that I suppose I don't, I don't know you personally but Sarah and I if we were in that position we'd make their life hell I'll be honest, we would make their life, it'll be easier just to give us the money because otherwise we're just going to make So life. I think we've, we've hit on a hot topic because there's perhaps a whole episode on uh, travel planning and encouraging people to, to walk and cycle. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Low Carbon Business Podcast is brought to you by the University of Derby. Thank you to all our partners. The show is produced by Seed. Audio by Guru Music. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening to this on. To get in touch, contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to hear about your business, project or idea. Save money, protect the environment and re-energise your business. This is the Low Carbon Business Podcast.